Thank you for joining us this Sunday. We're so thankful uh, that we have the people and the technology to be able to do what we're doing uh, by going online. It is not an ideal situation because we would love to be gathering together in church, in the church building, but that's not possible. But we're reminded of the words that Paul writes to the church in Ephesus, in Ephesians 5 verse 16, when he says, to make the most of every opportunity. And that's what we're doing. We're simply making the most of every opportunity. And so thankful for the people who have given up their Sunday mornings to come and lead us in uh, worship and the table and also on the sound desk and the video uh, today. So just a reminder that on Tuesday evening, uh, we're going to have our online prayer meeting from eight o'clock to nine o'clock. We really are encouraged Encouraging all of the church to set aside just that one hour every week uh, just to come and pray in their homes. I know some people are doing the Zoom prayer meetings with different friends and stuff, and we encourage you to do that. It would be great to see as many people as possible from our church praying between eight and nine on Tuesday evening. Uh, Pastor Reese is going to be bringing uh, a short word uh, at eight o'clock, and then the rest of the time will be spent. Uh, with us praying. We're just going to pray as we come around the word uh, this morning. Father God, we thank you for this opportunity that we have uh, to spread your word, to preach your word, to worship you this Sunday morning. And Father, as we come in these uncertain times, Father, we know that you are not uncertain. Father, when we come in these times where we need reassurance, we know, God, you are our assurance. And we thank you for that this morning. And Father, as we come around your word, we thank you that you have something to say to us in each and every season of life. And Father, as we come and we evaluate our walk with you through the word, Father God, we pray that you will speak to us this morning. Whether we are here gathered in our homes, Father God, whether we'll be watching this later, Father God, we ask that you would speak to our hearts this day. In Jesus' name, amen. Last Sunday we began a new sermon series asking a question, uh, simply how's your walk? And we were going to take some weeks to look at uh, different verses in the scripture that simply uh, in these challenging and uncertain circumstances that we're living in, help people simply to evaluate their walk with God after the journey of 2020 and moving into 2021. Uh, we were simply going to ask some questions. And last Sunday we kicked off with uh, an intro about what the Bible had to say about walking. But at the end of the sermon, last Sunday we spoke uh, on the words that Paul gave to the church in Corinth in 2 Corinthians 5 uh, verse 7 when he simply says we walk by faith not by sight and we felt that that was an important verse to begin with that our walk was by faith that Paul was helping them understand the assurance of the resurrection uh, and, and we followed on looking at the, uh, the really the theme of sometimes how challenging it is, it is for us to walk by faith that we're putting our trust and our faith and our hope in a God that we know exists but we have never uh, seen and Paul explains this to the readers there in Corinth and he says he gives them the Holy Spirit as a guarantee and, and we said that not only did, did God send his son Jesus to die for us because he loves us he gave us the accompaniment of the person of the Holy Spirit
Spirit to guide us and help us and lead us through life. And there was really uh, one theme that we finished summing up with, and it was this, that we must not underestimate uh, the consistent constant of walking by faith day by day in our relationship with God that absolutely there are many, many times that it takes us to look uh, and to walk by faith. Uh, and so it brings us on to part two uh, today, that today we were simply asking the question, uh, simply, where are you walking? Uh, and it has to do with choosing your path, the path that you are walking down. Who is helping you? Who is directing you? Who is guiding you? There are some words that we read in Psalm chapter 1, and it simply says this. It says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. It shall be like a tree planted by rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper." The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind drives away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. We really explained last week that the, to, the meaning of to walk biblically was to go along a certain path. Uh, to choose a certain course of action or, or to live a particular way. Uh, and Psalms, as we know, is the longest book in the Bible. There are 150 Psalms, but it begins with this first Psalm that we've just read uh, this morning. And the writer of the Psalm is simply opening up with uh, telling people how they can be blessed. And then he follows on by saying, really, the blessed man, the blessed man or woman, uh, the happy man or woman is the one that chooses the right path to walk down. Because he mentions in this psalm that there are two paths you can walk. Because we have to walk somewhere. Uh, and if you're out for a walk at the moment uh, in these days, because there's not really anything else to do, you see lots of people are walking. People are walking uh, from a destination to a destination. And it's very similar with the journey of the walk of life. And the writer of the psalm picks up on this in his very first psalm when he says this, that there is a path that everybody chooses to walk down. And that's whether that's the same in the physical, it's the same in the spiritual, that everybody chooses a path that they must walk down. So here he, he describes for the righteous, when you read this psalm, it's a promise when they walk down the right path. But for those who are ungodly, it declares a warning of the path that you walk down. What do I mean by this? Well, it means this. It says the person who wants to be blessed will not do certain things. There is a way he will not walk, a place he will not stand in, and a people he will not sit with. You see, our walk has to be different as believers. It has to be different. There are many times I've shared uh, from this platform and uh, with people personally and something that, that I, I have to hold on to myself for all of us and everything that we do, that we are simply called to stand out and not blend in. Uh, and this is what the writer of the psalm is really focusing on here when he talks about the two different paths that people can walk down. Because it has to do with your thinking, your 
you're behaving and your belonging. You see, the blessed man and the ungodly man are different in this. They're different in how they think, how they behave, and also to whom they believe. And so this first verse opens, uh, simply says, blessed is the one who does not walk in the uh, way of the unwise or the counsel of the ungodly. It simply asks some questions for us that, that helps us, so it makes some statements that helps us. And there are three things I picked out of it, just quickly. The first one is this, it, it matters where you walk. It, it matters where you walk in life. It matters the path that you walk down. It matters who you are listening to. It matters who is guiding you and giving you advice. The second thing is this, it tells us it matters where you stand. So you could look at that differently and say, well, it matters what you stand for. And we know that different people stand for many different things. And so in the world that we live in, when we hear the news, uh, when we watch the news or read the news or we follow uh, certain things that are happening, it says we will make a stand for them and say this is what we believe, this is what we are taking a stand for because that matters. It matters what a person stands for. And the third thing we see is this, it matters where you sit. And it has to do with the company of people that you choose to spend your time with, uh, who you are listening to most of the time. There are two things that we spend in life. The first one is money. And if you spend your money, you can follow it through your bank statement or anything else. And it tells you where you've spent your money and how you've spent your money. That if you've a hundred pound this month and you've spent 50 of it in Starbucks or Costa or Tim Hortons, it tells you where you're spending your money. And spending your money tells you uh, what's important to you because it also tells you where you spend your time and the things that you want to buy. But you can also spend time as well. And we talk about spending time and we spend time with people that matter, but we also spend time doing things that matter. And the writer of the psalm here, he picks this up in these first verse of the psalms as almost an introduction to the rest of the psalm when he talks about simply the two paths that people have to walk down. That simply matters where you walk, it matters where you stand and what you stand for, but it also matters where you sit as well. Because those who begin to walk in the wrong direction will eventually stand in the wrong places and sit with the wrong people. There is a gradual progression uh, with your walk that you will walk further away. Often people, when they fall away from their faith, and we are asking people a question about evaluating and answering that question, how is your walk at the moment? Because nobody often, nobody falls in this great and mighty way often. It's usually a gradual thing where things are compromised and given up in their walk. And this is the beginning of it here when it simply says, those who begin to walk in the wrong direction will eventually stand in the wrong places and sit with the wrong people. You see, walking in the counsel of the ungodly here has to do with this. It's simply, who are you listening to? What are you looking at? And who gives you advice? He says, a lot of advice that comes to us from many different sources. The righteous man has to know how to stay away from the wrong sort of counsel of advice. It's all around us in every aspect of life. He says, if you listen to people today, they might often say that the Christian faith is not relevant today in 2021, that we've moved on, that we've progressed. And that's simply uh, not true. He says, we may 
may have discovered other things and said that there were other answers to questions that we might have. But still, we as believers, as I said last week, have to have the anchor point as a, for our walk in Jesus Christ as the word of God. And that's what we look to for guidance and for counsel. You see, the one who simply wants to walk right will simply know how to dis- discern between good advice and bad advice. They will know to tell the difference between good counsel and bad counsel. They will know which is the path to walk down because of the decisions they have already made. And says what we have to be careful of, as the quote has said there, those who begin to walk in the wrong direction will eventually stand in the wrong places, sit with the wrong people. Often at times when people get into difficulties, it says they will sit and they will tell you their story. And one of the statements that people will make is this, is I don't know how I ended up here. All I did was to begin this or begin that. And it says, I always look at it and think it's just a small step down the wrong path progresses and leads us to basically sitting with the wrong people, standing in the wrong places. You see, a righteous man simply knows to know the counsel of the the ungodly as well can simply come from themselves. How often uh, is our own conscience or our own mind or our own heart Uh, gives us the wrong counsel and it directs where we are walking and it directs the path we are taking down because we've convinced ourselves sometimes that's the right way to go without seeking the word of God. The Bible has much to say uh, about this. Just one of the verses is this, is Proverbs 12 verse 15 says, the way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but he who heeds counsel is wise. It's simply this, he says, we can think that we are doing the right thing since we can often convince ourselves doing we're doing the right thing through our desires through our consciences through the things that we enjoy doing but the verse here makes it uh, stand out and tells us um, actually it says the way we live our lives will look right to us in our own eyes but we're to get counsel and to listen to others you see counsel simply means this the purpose and the plan, the resolution of the will, the viewpoint or a way of thinking. It refers simply to a mental attitude, a state of mind, a viewpoint that simply determines the direction and the way that somebody should walk. You see, the writer talks about the blessed man here and he opens this up in this first verse because he simply says the blessed man is the one who listens to the counsel of the godly. The, the blessed man is the one who has chosen the right path to walk down he says he hasn't let his emotions decide for him his experience decide for him his tradition uh, decide for him popular opinion or what is politically correct and none of those things have made the decision for him what has made the decision for him is walking down the path that God has called him to walk down according to the truth of his word but it tells us that the council actually is the counsel of the the wicked or the ungodly now and it simply means those who who would be maybe looser and stable with their thoughts or with their decisions Uh, in a sense he references it to people's morals and and how often can that change for people what at one point where something may have been wrong it has now become acceptable and right and it's why we need the anchor point of the word of God for it never changes but but it also means a person who wants to 
live their own way. You see, there were two paths here he's referencing to. The first one is the path that God has directed us down and led us down, but the second path is our own path, which just simply leads to these ungodly desires and this evil. Uh, and so he's giving us an opportunity here as we make that choice, as we make that decision. He says, who are we listening to? Who is guiding us in our walk? Who is helping us on our walk? I thought about this as a wee side point, and it's so very true. We're the most resourced generation of Christians ever. The amount of stuff that we can read and listen to is immeasurable. That if you don't like listening to me this morning, you can just find another church, another pastor to listen to. I don't want you to do that, but that's the reality of it, that people can listen to so many thousands of sermons in one go. So the need for discernment in our walk is required uh, now more than ever but it's required now more than ever within the church as well to make sure that we're listening to the right biblical truthful message of God's word you see often what will distract us on our walk will not be the obvious potholes and obstacles but often it's the subtle ones where we take hold of something and say oh that's the way I must walk this is the way I believe I should walk and we must be careful that we're listening and reading and holding to the truth and the accountability of God's word. Measure and test what you hear by the word of God is the advice I was given as a young man. That when you hear something, go and test it against the word of God because the word of God is a perfect test for anything that you hear from a pulpit, in a video, in a book that you read as it tries to guide you. See, often as I've said before that if you hear people say that God said and touch not the Lord's anointed phrases that people will make when it comes to guidance is this it puts people who want to say certain things above the word of God and there is nothing above the word of God when he guides us down the path that we're supposed to be walking down is how do we know that because it's what the writer said in the next few verses here because he tells us the alternative to the wrong counsel because he tells us what the righteous man does when he simply says is he delights in the law of the Lord the word of God day and night it says refers to constantly consistently and regularly he says that's how we know not us getting into the word of God but the word of God getting into us and he gives us the alternative here and he says this is how a man or woman is truly blessed they delight in the law of the Lord they meditate upon it day and night not in a sense of what we would think of meditation would be of emptying our mind he says the word of God fills our mind and he gives us things to reflect on and he gives us things to think about and stuff to pray for he says that's what the word of God does when it fills our mind and I love that thought as I mentioned the day and night going back to last week refers to constantly consistently and regularly but he tells us the result of this he simply says he says listen the man or the woman who does that they should be compared to a tree planted by water well why is that important well if you put a tree by water it's simply natural and inevitable that it should prosper of all the things that we can read and of all the things that we can listen to and of all the things that we can watch 
Those who are planted in the word of God is simply that comparison there. It's inevitable that you should prosper. It's inevitable that you will do the right thing because your focus and your time and your attention in your walk is upon the word of God. It says this, it provides us stability, it produces fruit, and it allows us to be strong. So when we're talking about our walk and choosing our path, we're left here with those two choices but the result here is the result of following the path that God has laid out for us and God not only just tells us to walk down the path as we shared last week but he gives us the accompaniment of his spirit to walk down that path to go on that journey but he also gives us in the choosing the right path the guidance of his word and for us to be in his word to show us which way we need to go as we are walking because we will find the more time we spend in his word we will find more stability in our life we will find that fruit will be produced that fruit of the spirit that is spoken about in Galatians 5 but it will also help us with the strength in our life that will help us to become strong believers see it simply says it for us to prosper means to accomplish satisfactory what is intended what does God want to do with us on our walk the situation and circumstance that we live in at the moment where things are so uncertain. It says this is the right time for us to be sharing this word, asking people the question, how's your walk? Have you given up on reading your Bible? Have you given up on praying? Have you given up on hearing from God on a daily basis? Have you given up on encouraging somebody? Have you given up on some of the spiritual things that you know you need to do? Because it helps you to be strong and to provide stability in your walk it's why we're asking the question over these weeks well how is your walk what path are you walking down at the moment it says which way are you going at the moment who are you listening to who is guiding you who is giving you their advice at the moment and you see when you listen to those questions it says it begins to we begin to answer them our own way in our minds to say you know what there is some stuff that I need to fix here there is some stuff I've taken a detour on my walk and now I need to come back to God to walk down the path that he has given me and when I walk down the path that he has given me and chosen for me I can see the result of that as I delight in his word as I meditate on his word as I feed on his word so our final thought is simply this it's your walk in your walk it's your choices that determine your actions the word with application and obedience will result in production when we walk it has so much to do with our choices Firstly, do we even want to go for a walk? And he says, that's a question we have to ask right at the start. But when we're walking, we see the choices that will determine our actions. The word with application and obedience will result in production. This stuff is not rocket science that God gives us when he asks us to walk down the path that he's chosen for us. He simply says to us, says, read the word, apply the word, and obey the word, and it will result in production in our lives. Because we may ask, 
ask ourselves at the moment, what can we do at the moment? There's much that we can do at the moment. It says church services may be closed on a Sunday, but the church is still very much open to help people and support people and encourage people. It says you can pick the phone up today and send somebody an encouraging text, somebody you know who is struggling at the moment. And, and that's part of our walk. It says we can sit around for the next four weeks and we can wait for church to open or we can get on with being the church we can get on with obeying the word that God has given us in our walk because all of this journey is part of the walk that God has called us on he says so we come to the end and I'm just going to pray before the team lead us in in a final song but we do want to say this just briefly he says we know there are many many people watching this morning and some people will uh, be watching just out of interest but we want to share with you this, that God loves you this morning. He sent his son Jesus Christ to die for you because he loves you. And when Jesus died on the cross for you, he took all your sin, everything you've ever done wrong, on the cross with him because God loves you. And he says the reason God did that is because he wants you to have a new life in him. He wants you to begin that journey on that walk with him. And what we would like you to do, if you're watching this and you say, you know what, I need to give my life over to God today. I need to accept what Jesus has done into my heart and into my life and begin that walk with him. He says, hey, please get in touch with us. Please get in touch with us through the Facebook page or drop us a message. And we will only be so glad to talk to you and pray with you today. Let us pray. Father, we thank you today for your word. Father, as we come in this uncertain time, the security and assurance we have, Father God, is the truth of your word, that God, you are in control. You have not surrendered your authority. That, Father, that we can look to you for our answers for everything that's happening. Father, if there are people that are watching, that are in despair, that God, you can give them hope. If there are people that are watching that want to give up, Father God, they don't need to give up father for you have a plan for their life father that includes walking down the path that you have chosen for them so father as we come today we thank you that we can do this today we ask father god your blessing upon each and every person that's watching today in jesus name amen